Revelation 6, verses 3 and 4. When he broke the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come. And another, a red horse, went out. And to him who sat on it, it was granted to take peace from the earth, and that men would slay one another. And a great sword was given to him. In John's presence, Christ has broken another seal on the scroll. This time, referring back to the seventh verse of chapter 4, he hears the voice of an ox, a young bull, or a calf. Given the context of the revelation of the second seal, the strong voice of the ox seems most appropriate. After all, an ox can pull a plow or wagon or turn a mill all day for days on end without complaint. Some have been known to work and work until they die from exhaustion. Rarely will one make its frustration or weariness known. A calf or ox will just keep going. A relentless, untiring worker. Further, if we look to Job chapter 39, verses 9 through 12, will the wild ox consent to serve you, or will he spend the night at your manger? Can you bind the wild ox in a furrow with ropes, or will he harrow the valleys after you? Will you trust him, because his strength is great, and leave your labor to him? Will you have faith in him, that he will return your grain and gather it from your threshing floor? The word that comes to mind to describe the primary characteristic of the second living creature is relentless. This is most unfortunate, given the rest of the revealed second seal. The mount seen by the apostle is colored red. If one looks at the Greek in which he wrote, one finds something more sinister. The word used is pyros, meaning fire-like. From the Greek, we get words like pyre and pyromania. The imagery amounts to an out-of-control wildfire. But there is another vision the color of the horse brings to mind. Scarlet. When this word is used, we can bridge the New Testament with the Old. In Nahum chapter 2, verse 3, we read, the shields of his mighty men are colored red. The warriors are dressed in scarlet. The chariots are enveloped in flashing steel, 
when he is prepared to march and the cypress spears are brandished. Here we get to the authority granted to this second horseman. He is to take peace from the earth. Besides being assigned to patrol the earth, similar to the mission of the first rider, this horseman is a warrior. And beyond participating in war, this assignment is to cause warfare to break out globally. Jesus, in his discourse delivered on the Mount of Olives, said in Matthew chapter 24 and verses 6 through 8, You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened. For those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. The Lord was responding to a question from his disciples, hoping to discover the timing of his return and of the end of the age. His answer was specific, but not definitive. The World Book Encyclopedia puts the issue this way. Since the dawn of history, men have fought against other men. Any struggle to which two large groups try to destroy or conquer each other is a war. There have been many kinds of wars. Families have fought against families, tribes against tribes, followers of one religion against followers of another. In modern times, wars have been fought between nations or groups of nations. Armies and navies once were almost the only factors in determining the outcome of wars. Now, the civilian populations must join in the war effort if it is to succeed. The edition quoted was published 63 years before the invasion of Ukraine. The point is this. War has been so prevalent in the lives of men literally since Genesis 14 that its occurrence is no definitive sign in the current age. There is one aspect to the second horseman that is worth mentioning. He is given a great sword. King David actually couples both the first and second horsemen when he wrote in Psalm chapter 7, verses 12 and 13. If a man does not repent, he will sharpen his sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready. He has also prepared for himself deadly weapons. 
he makes his arrows fiery shafts. Both the bow and the sword are instruments of God's righteous judgment. In fact, the author of Hebrews put it this way in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active, and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The prophet Ezekiel, in chapter 21, beginning in verse 9, wrote, Son of man, prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord, Say, A sword, a sword sharpened and also polished, sharpened to make a slaughter, polished to flash like lightning. Or shall we rejoice, the rod of my son despising every tree? It is given to be polished, that it may be handled. The sword is sharpened and polished, to give it into the hand of the slayer. For those who believe and discern under the power and authority of the word of God, along with the faithful direction of the Holy Spirit, the second challenge revealed when the Lamb broke the second seal is overcome. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches.